everybody. Welcome back to the latest episode of Inside Columbia Basketball, presented by Vandewater. I'm Mike Kowalski, joined by Megan Rojas and Kyle Matrician. What's going on today? Hey, guys. Busy day of zooming, Mike. Yeah. A lot zoom, of zoom, zoom. Today. Yeah. You're going to tell because me and Kyle are going to be wearing the same clothes in all the don't, recordings. Don't spoil. Don't spoil it. Don't no, spoil it. Spoil. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So we've got Abby Shu from the women's basketball team and Eddie Turner from men's basketball. They're both sophomores, so you'll hear from them shortly. Um, before we get that underway, I, I had I've been watching a little bit of college basketball and everything, and I wanted to ask you guys a question before we throw it to break. So, do we think when we start playing again next year, what's the dress code going to be for us? Are we going back to like suits and like dressing up, or are we sticking with like the khaki pullover game? Any insight on that, Ro? Um, if it depends, it depends. The only reason that I know that that's happening is just to make it easier and more comfortable, I believe. So if the world is back to some sort of a normalcy, I would imagine everyone's going to go back to dressing up, which to be honest is what I would prefer. I think I enjoy that. You enjoy the dressing up? Yeah. Kyle, what do you think? What would you prefer? I mean, in the Whatever SID world, in the SID world, Mike, <laughs> it depends on what school you go to. I mean, even around the Ivy League, some schools we go, I mean, I always have a suit on and I've just done that my entire short career as an SID, but some schools we go to and it's just like, they're just in khakis and a pullover, khakis and a polo. Basketball is so. more suits though, not. I said I some, I said some. Football is more, more polos and khakis and stuff. You know, outdoor, yeah. But for us, the other thing is like, we're plugging stuff in and like moving around and like, I would you know. love to not wear a suit, but so, I like, also at the same time, kind of like up. it. Yeah. I, I, I'm in the same, same boat. Like I'm, I, I'll do whatever I'm told essentially, but I was just curious to see if there's any movement, if that's going to be more of a permanent thing. I mean, there's really no reason for the coaches to wear to dress up. Like I haven't had to get a suit dry cleaned in quite a while. Gotta be honest. Yeah, I that's that's been something different this year, not having like to right. deal with all of that. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I like to be honest, I think our staff enjoys dressing up, but we could be like the outliers. Um it's like a look good, feel good, do good kind of thing. Yeah. You know what I miss about the dress ups are Greg Rosnick's socks and Greg Rosnick's scarf yeah what game. scarf and what game day game scarf i so wish one game he would just keep the scarf on during the game i want him to so badly he loves a good scarf he does yeah that's a little known fact about the columbia women's basketball is there's does he have, does he have certain scarfs or socks that he wears based on games we've won uh i don't think he's very superstitious i know he has like a game scarf but but he is a little stitious Terrible. <laughs> My wife's in the background laughing at that. <laughs> so bad. Yeah, but that that's at least from the office. <laughs> exactly. That's why she's laughing. She loves that joke. I don't know. I don't remember that joke. I'm funny in my house, guys. I'm funny in my house. That's all that matters. And that's all. <laughs> <laughs> she says we're gonna get sued by NBC, so maybe we should get sued by NBC. That means we've made it somewhere. Yes, right. Our new sponsor, Peacock. Watch all the episodes of The Office there. Yes, you can. 
Oh my God. That's funny. All right. On that note, I think we've taken up enough of people's time getting ready for this podcast. So we might be the only three people that actually care about that. And you yeah. guys didn't seem to care as much. I thought it would be. Mike, a point of- Mike, we didn't ask you though. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think, I think for us, like in our situation, the fact that we do have to move around, we're doing a lot of setup. I, I would prefer a little bit more casual, but again, I'm not opposed to it. I've, you know, when I buy suits, I, I keep that in mind. I'm not having like a very form fitting suit. Like I can't go with the European style because if I have to plug something in, you can gonna, now though, you've issue. lost quite a bit of weight. Like, <laughs> you would look good in a European style suit now. Nice I would, but like I said, like on you, you know, but that's, that's not an option. I would look ridiculous. I can't. <laughs> God. I would just have like the buttons popping out and you know, you can see, Oh God, it'd be, it'd be miserable. Uh, but Mike, you, your sweater, out. Mike, your sweater game has been, I, I really game. appreciate your sweater so, game during uh, basketball my, season. My sweater game was because my suits didn't fit me when I was heavier. That's that's secret. But I love the sweater game. I semi adopted the sweater game. Yeah. Sweater game's good. I mean, with the tie underneath. Yeah. The collar yeah. shirt and the tie underneath and the sweater over top. Yeah. I loved it. I save the good suits for the bigger games too. That's the other thing. Like, did you guys do that? Like, do you save like your really nice dress clothes for like, big time opponents or are you just like if we're playing like no offense we're playing marist i'm not busting out like the really good navy blue suit like i'm saving that for harvard <laughs> mike i've got guys. three options i've got gray suit which is most games i've got black suit which is more special games with a with a pinstripe going through it and then what I switched with the with the gray suit is the the blue sport jacket with khaki or gray or whatever color pants. Very preppy look. The prep, yes, prep school look. Prep school boy. Yes. Um, I have zero shame in the fact that I choose my outfits based on what game it is. Absolutely. Well, you kind of need to to a degree, as in terms of what colors you're going to wear. You don't want to be wearing the opposing team's colors. Have you ever worn the color of your opponent on the bench on accident? No, but somebody has on our trip before, haven't they? Really? I thought, I thought like a couple years ago, somebody somebody came on that somebody was like wearing. I don't want to talk about that or bring that up. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, but uh, anyway, so I don't remember who it was. Who was it? We can um, cut it out. I also have zero shame in the fact that if I know um, our photographer will be there, <laughs> I'm also up. a great outfit. <laughs> so when years go by and they're going back to 2021 or 20, 2019, 2020 album, they're going to think, wow, she dressed up great for every game. Meanwhile, I just knew when the photographer was coming. That's amazing. And we yeah. talked about last thing on this. We did talk about, Greg Rosnick not being very superstitious. I definitely have a shirt that is checkered Columbia blue and white that we never win when I wear. So I've stopped wearing it to game days. Like it just, I'm like, it's so, it sucks because it's perfect colors. It looks great. It's a great shirt. And I just, I can't wear it on game days now because it doesn't bring good, bring the good juju. So maybe you can bring it back next year though. It's been long enough. Yeah, it's been a while. So it's, it's taking a leave of absence. We'll try, maybe (laughs) we'll try it again. You're sure unenrolled this year. <laughs> good one. Good one. That's what? Great- oh, my God. We're going to wrap it up no, wait, here. No, that's, we got to end it on that note because that's right. the perfect way. I don't want to ruin break. it. 
We will be back with Abby Shu right after this. They say you play basketball, you play football, you play tennis, but you can't play boxing. You have to fight. I remember the night where it went completely downhill. It was a massive tumor that had wrapped itself around my spine. Dr. Hartle, who was my surgeon, you know, he aced it. They resurrected me. On August 9, 2014, I became the WBA middleweight champion of the world. For them, we're here for you. Get back the life you love. All right, welcome back to the Inside Columbia Basketball Podcast presented by Vandewater. Uh, we are now joined with our first guest of the episode, Abby Shu, joining us from her hometown in Parkland, Florida, from her home with a nice aquarium there in the background, although it does look a little green, I guess, on the Zoom call. I don't know if it needs to be cleaned or not. I don't know if that's your responsibility. Wow. <laughs> you didn't even give her a chance (laughs) (laughs) just threw her under the bus at the very start here uh but abby appreciate you joining us how's everything going pretty good um can't complain you know living the florida life nice what's the what's the temperature right now um it's probably like mid 70s pretty nice out nice it's not mid 70s in new jersey yeah Wow. Yeah, what is it, like 30 degrees today? It's a little chilly. Abby Shu joining us, like I said, from Parkland, Florida. She was a 2019-20 All-Ivy League selection. Uh, came, I want to say, very close to being named Ivy League Rookie of the Year. And to a lot of us here at Columbia, maybe should have been Ivy League Rookie of the Year. But that's a different conversation for a different day. Scored 385 points. Her freshman season had a terrific freshman season where she played and started all 27 games for the Lions to help them uh, clinch a berth to the Ivy League tournament, which we all know uh, the team obviously wound up not attending due to the pandemic. But nonetheless, an extremely successful season for the Columbia women's basketball team as a freshman. And uh, we're happy that you're joining us today. Uh, can you just give us uh, an update on uh, what's going on with you back at home and just like, you know, get the listeners and the fans uh, tuned into what's going on? Yeah, so, um, you know, still working out, still keeping in shape. You know, we have our team meetings and I guess, you know, I'm not in school right now. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. You are. Okay. <laughs> I'm in school right now. <laughs> but <got> yeah, <laughs> just working and saving up money. I'm excited for next year. Nice. What do you, uh, what's your, what's your uh, part, I guess, assume part-time job right now? Uh, so I work at a sushi restaurant. Oh, nice. and Thai food. Yeah. Nice. Um, what, what's your, uh, what's your go-to uh, sushi roll at the, at the restaurant that you work at? Cause I know it probably has an interesting name unless it's just like spicy salmon, but I assume it's not. Um, so I don't know if this is like a common role or just at our restaurant. So there's two roles. It's sushi bomb or the, um, what was it called? California roll, right? No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to say that, Kyle. I think salmon crunch. 
Yeah, what? Salmon Crunch. We're gonna go with that. Oh, what's the second one you said? Salmon Crunch. Salmon. Oh, Salmon Crunch. I do like a good crunch roll. Yeah. I, I'm actually, I'm a big fan of rainbow rolls whenever I get, I mean, I feel like all sushi places have rainbow Oh, you made a face. You see the face? <laughs> <laughs> it's not, no, no, it's not. It's like you get all the different, you get like five different fish on a, on a rainbow roll. They just have different fish on the top. And it is not, don't, don't it's do that not, to me. You know, I'll eat don't a do that to me. rainbow roll, you know, <laughs> We're gonna throw up a poll. What's your favorite type of sushi? We'll give you four or five options. Maybe we'll do that on the Twitch. Maybe. That's a good idea. We could do Run a Twitch up. poll right now. Run up the poll. Run it up. Brandon Bissett, if you're uh, moderating right now, throw the poll up. I'm telling you, uh, if you have a sushi bomb, you'll change your mind. What so what is in a sushi oh, bomb? I I don't I don't really know it's <laughs> so it's like I'm guessing tuna, like all that good stuff. But it's like what's different about the salmon crunch and sushi bomb is like deep fried. Mm, Very healthy. Yeah. Deep fried. <laughs> yeah. Wait, wow. what did you say? The whole thing is deep fried? Yeah. And it's so good. And you put your spicy mayo, your eel. It's so good. You gotta come to Florida to try I can oh. say I've never had a deep fried sushi roll because I always <laughs> feel like if I, I've seen them at restaurants, but I feel like if I, tr if I went for it, that I'm all of a sudden eating cooked food and not sushi. But. It's probably just like slightly, it's like thrown in the deep fryer for like a few yeah. seconds. Like once I have, like I can't have like normal sushi now, like like the cold stuff. It's not as good, I'm telling you. I think, you've just, I think you've just lost some credibility. <laughs> what is your, what is your like job there? Are you a waitress? Are you? So. <laughs> Take well, the like, It's like, you kind of do everything there. So like I'll, I'll deliver and then like, bus tables all that good stuff and it's kind of like when it gets crazy it's like you don't really have a job title it's like you're doing this you're doing that you know what i mean it's one of those type of jobs hmm. nice so working in a restaurant during you know covid times and everything what's what's that like what you know are you limited capacity i know things are a lot different in florida than in new york but what's what's that experience like uh you know a lot of mask wearing and, and things like that Oh yeah, you know, all like the basic protocols, like masks, gloves, like cleaning tables, but um, we have outdoor seating, which is good. And so it doesn't get too crowded inside, which is good. So most of our um, orders are deliveries, which is good because that's where I make my money off of. So the tips. Yeah. I can be, say uh, I've, I've worked in the restaurant. restaurant. Go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. I was going to say I've worked in the restaurant business before, but not not at a sushi place not didn't have that that. i know i well maybe i'll just you know what i'm gonna hang it up what's the name of the place i'm gonna move to florida start working at the sushi restaurant you can add him as a sponsor you can add him as a sponsor throw the throw out the logo <laughs> <laughs> i would like to throw back have a throwback conversation to when we interviewed um abby kyle when we were playing Last season on the road, we did a feels interview. Like a, feels like a lifetime ago. I don't remember. Back on track. I don't remember who we were playing. She doesn't. Road doesn't normally reel us in, but she's like, "All right, guys, basketball." Yeah. Let's <laughs> <run>. <laughs> well, actually, this is not. This is not. No, don't think it's not what you it's think. Not, it's not. What it, okay. I'm, I'm gonna bring it's not what it looks that. like or we sounds like. About Abby's caption in her Twitter. Oh my god! Amazing, <laughs> amazing, amazing! It was it her. I think she changed it, it because it, it was Instagram. I so it's on Twitter and Instagram. So 
<laughs> it's like my favorite thing ever. So my Twitter one says, did a shrimp fry this rice? And then my Instagram says, yes, a shrimp did fry this rice. <laughs> you gotta be following boats on this end, you know? You have to, you, you have to be following your, your Instagram second, which is the best part. Yeah. Can you add like my ass right here? So I guess shout <laughs> out right here. Does your does your employer know about these? That's why no. she got the job. I said that might be why she got the job. They actually followed her on Twitter and Instagram and they were like amazing. Perfect. <laughs> That's incredible. That's like my favorite caption of all time. I'd like to recreate it, but I don't think I can. There's nothing. No, I feel like I'm just like stealing intellectual property at this point. I give you full permission, no worries. <laughs> well, now this is a whole name, image, and likeness conversation, we're and then we're gonna have to pull Aisley Carter back in again, and it's a whole, it's a whole deal. We need to make T-shirts like just um, on the front and then the back. <laughs> oh, that'd be an amazing T-shirt. One of us just has the other one. That's what wow. it needs to be. That'd be an amazing T-shirt on the front with someone like together. So like you said your Twitter is did a shrimp fry this rice and then you have yeah. a Twitter logo on the front and then on the back the Instagram caption with an Instagram logo. Yeah, so if you need the answer you gotta follow my Instagram. Right. Yeah. There you yeah. go. How can you deal? <laughs> Mike, I never know where these podcasts are gonna take no, us. No, this is great. And today it's taking us breaking it up. Well, I'm glad that Ro brought that up because that was an amazing that was an amazing interview we did with Abby last year. So. I do miss do, doing them in person. The yeah. mics are what made it. It's like, oh my God. <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> and we're bringing it back. There's this amazing, I, I think I retweeted the other day. It's like this amazing um, video about people who do podcasts. I and saw, it's like, I he's like when you the it. mic and he's like, yeah, so like, and he's just like playing with the mic. And I, I literally do that. I'm just like, hold on. That's my microphone and my hold on, hold on. Can you one, two, three, four? Hold on, and and we're back. Like I just loved that so much. This is not it's a part of just like hearing the other people. Yeah. Hold on, what? Huh? Oh, we're doing a podcast, guys. I'm not gonna lie. Recently, in like watching podcasts and other things online and seeing people with like the microphone that they can pull over their mouth, I've like I wanted, want I've wanted to buy one. So I think I'm like, I, there might come a time where I buy one and then all of a sudden we're going to have a podcast and I'm just going to pull that. I'm just going to, I have one. Very in professional. I don't use it. I don't have the dongle. I need to figure that out. Abby shoe. I guess Abby, now that we've had a lot of the fun conversation we will basketball is fun i'm not saying basketball isn't fun but we will throw it back to uh last basketball season i do want to ask you and i'm sure you think about you know obviously you know this season being canceled and with all the success that the team had last season and you had individually last season uh is there like a particular moment of last season that sticks out to you whether it have been a game that we sorry that the team either won or lost whether it had been like a moment within a game uh is there anything that sticks out to you like when you think of last season what's like the first thing that comes to your mind right now um it was probably when the when we beat Yale at their house their court I don't know what their house you can call it their house <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think they're although under now, although now it's your house yeah exactly yeah um but yeah just the locker room after that was so fun like we're always 
I don't know. It's a lot of fun. You know, I just miss those moments. Wasn't there a TikTok made in that locker room after the game? Yeah, there sure was. That was the second one that we had, I think. That was the second sweep video. Uh, I was like, that was definitely not the second TikTok that you ever made. That was like the 50th. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know what's crazy? You know, I don't I want to take credit, but you know who got Roxy into TikToks? I'm going to have to guess based on your, based on what you just said was you. Well, it was me and Carly Rivera, also known yes. as was that the pen, was that the pencil pen video? Is that what got her into TikToks? Or was I that think before? we sh- we showed her like a get up one that we did, and then she it was she was in love by it and like she went crazy. <laughs> got a TikTok plug. Was like, I think I'm gonna do this. <laughs> Guys, yeah, I'm going. I'm gonna go viral. <laughs> Bro, how is the TikTok going? How is it? I mean, I'm sure you know it's it's tough these days, but you um, are a content creator after all. Yes, I will be honest. It has been very hard because we are not in person to make them. But Hardy, Madison Hardy did send me one that she made this past weekend when she was with uh, a couple of the girls. Um, but I didn't put it on her own. It's kind of a weird time because like we're not all together. But I would like to, yes, I will give Abby, Carly, and Katie credit for sure for getting me in for making me realize TikTok was going to be so big because during that time like I don't think anyone really realized it was going to blow up like that like the app itself it was just like young people it was way before sports teams got into it leagues weren't on TikTok we might have been the only like the first team ever to be on it like maybe we're pretty much influencers (laughs) yeah yeah we were like big time so I remember when you you made it was like preseason last season you had made a tiktok video and i had no idea and (laughs) that doesn't mean anything don't mean anything by that and you started texting me and you were like oh my god we're viral and then i'm like what is she talking about and i went on twitter and i'm sitting i was in the office and i'm sitting with mike kowalski because i'm like i don't know what she's talking about and i went on twitter to like see what was posted on twitter i'm like i don't know it has like three retweets and 20 likes i guess i don't i don't really know what she means and then i went on instagram and i was like well it's got like a normal amount of likes i really don't know what she, i i guess and then, so i just re- responded to you like great or something like that <laughs> <laughs> there you go the pen one. Oh my god. I think it was when you guys were on one of the trips like before the season, one of the exhibition. Oh, games. at uh I at know what you're talking about. At Nova, oh, right? Nova, Nova Scream. When you got off the bus. Oh right? my god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I know I watched the video and I was like, I don't understand. I don't understand why this blew up. So stupid. I don't know why either. It had like a billion likes. The, like Abby comes out like real it's like slow and then like I do like a stupid filter and it like shakes <laughs> what is uh can you tell us the name of the fish that we got in the background there so these are my brother's fish but um okay wait let me remember. can I you think... bring us can you bring us over so we can get a closer look no don't do that okay don't do that. Yeah, don't do that just send us pictures we yeah. have pictures now. all right so we got blaze cherry that's all I remember, to be honest. He like tells me every day, like, "Oh, Blaze is doing so good today." Like, I <laughs> you see Blaze swimming around today? He looks so good. Yeah. <laughs> but I like to call. There's like three similar, and I was like, "You should have named them like the Migos or something." That would have been perfect. 
Abby, how close do you live to the water? To me, Florida is like near. Yeah. Um, well, typically, if you don't live near the water, the water comes to you at some point during the day. Yeah. Uh, that joke didn't go over well. Abby just <laughs> rolled her eyes at me. She's just like, yeah. And we're back. Oh man. At most, like twenty minutes. Unless if there's traffic, you know. Do you go often or? Not really. Honestly, no. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Even throughout like my whole life, I was just never like, let's go to the beach, guys. But I'll go once in a while. You know, when Hannah Pratt's in town, we go a lot. But that's about it. What else are you doing to fill your time now, other than working and working out? Uh, I got one friend. Um in town and I don't know I just kind of hang out with like one friend you know I live with my brother now so just hang out with him yeah. is it is it weird not being in school like you've been doing it you've had the kind of the same schedule between basketball and school like pretty much your whole life now how different is it without having that it is weird but um I don't know I feel like I learned a lot not like dissing school or anything but like I feel like I learned a lot like I don't know, just working and like, you know, the value of money and stuff. I don't know, that sounds crazy, but I just learned other avenues like stock market. I don't know, talking with. Oh, this is a whole, this has become a financial podcast. Yeah. We're going to yeah. talk stocks oh, and talking. ETFs <laughs> and uh, mutual funds with Abby Shue. Yeah. <laughs> I did want to ask you actually something unrelated from last year that I don't think I've ever asked you on the podcast when the shoe thing in the crowd came about at games last year and people would put their shoes up in the air when you scored <laughs> the shoe <crew. laughs> and dub themselves the shoe crew. Um, how did you like, to, did you talk to them about that at all? Did they approach, I mean, were they people that you knew or were they random people that just started doing it? So they are people that we knew, like, um, I believe most of them were in the class about me. So like, you know, the, Hannah Pratt, all of them class. I think they're mostly Hannah Pratt's friends, you know, Hannah Pratt's friend of everybody. And I don't know, they just started doing it. And I was just like, okay. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I thought it was cool, but. Yeah. It is cool. I think it's so cool. There's a really good picture of them holding up their shoe, the shoe crew that is. Um, not to knock on Kyle, but. I know where you're going. I know where you're going with this. I know where you're going with this, and I've already claimed responsibility. In the beginning of, <laughs> even though I did deflect it, Columbia basketball. There was once a type of shoe used for your name on social media. It was a red heel, and it was a red heel. And I was told not to do that anymore. And I said, and I, okay. <laughs> we said, not her style. How did you? How did you? Cause we didn't really ask you we just started doing it how did you um take the shoe emoji on social media were you a fan of it not a fan of it indifferent yeah i was a fan of it um kind of my whole life i was just referred to as a shoe you know because my last <laughs> name so it's kind of like okay it's what we're doing you know it's it's cool I do like people it. often mispronounce your name like badly oh yeah oh not like terribly but just it's like, they'll say Hasu, and I'll be like, no, it's Shu. And they'll be like, Hasu. And like, like, they'll stare into my eyes and be like, Hasu. I'm like, 
No. <laughs> Uh, it's it's tough because the spelling's tough. Backwards. Well, that's about all the time we have for Abby this have week. One question. Of course you do. Bro, I just thought of something. Presented by your ad here. Presented by. <laughs> Fill in the blank. Abby, you haven't been in New York now for nine or ten months. Nine now, almost ten. What is the main aside from our team and we're fun and the staff and playing basketball? What is the main thing that you miss the most about New York City? Um, I mean, just the city itself. I know it's like a basic answer, but just being able to walk outside the dorm and literally go to Chipotle two blocks down if I wanted to, or, you know, get any food you could possibly imagine, you know, just by walking. All the, even the noise I miss, you know? Yeah. How much noise is there, like, in those dorm rooms where you guys are like like is it are you talking about like you can hear all the noise like when you're in your residence in your dorms or are you talking about just the noise when you're outside not necessarily but like I mean Carmen the freshman building is like you know right I guess on on Broadway so it's not like annoying noise (laughs) it's like you know just people being alive people talking yeah uh, no, I'm just kidding. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> car crash? Have you heard a car crash in your in your dorm room before? No, not yet. No, not yet. Uh, uh, sorry, Kyle, how many times do you think a truck has gone I don't know, overpass 3280 since we've been gone? Yeah, so, so quick, quick background. Yeah. I'll, I'll, you do it. You do it. Okay. So our office is up at 3280 Broadway, which is a little bit off campus. And there's it's like a, at 133rd in Broadway. It's where the subway is elevated. It's above ground. And at least once a year, a large truck tries to go under the underpass, under the, the, the subway tracks and smashes into it. And you hear this loud crash. Ah. And everybody at 3280 hears it and they immediately go to the, the window just to like point and laugh at the driver. That's the idiot that tried to go through. Like, under the, the, the there is a, cl- is there is a clearance sign there, right? Is There's there? a, definitely a clearance sign. You need to be know it. No, you need to know your limits. Yeah. And it's, it's, it happens once a year everybody just like is like oh there it is like it happens once a year and then like, 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 <laughs> like i think like, i could make it <laughs> <laughs> and you know what it is too? you know what it is too every time they hit it so hard it's not like it's it's like it's like they it's just like go for it yeah. like you know, if like, i go fast enough <laughs> maybe i'll just scrape I'll it and just keep it. going yeah <laughs> And it, it's so loud when it happens. Yeah, yeah. And then one time a guy did it. Didn't they have to like repair the overpass for? Yeah, a while? when I first started about eight or nine years ago, it happened. I think before I started, or soon after I started, like the road, the underpass was like closed for a couple months because it created so much damage. Like it was, inc- it was ridiculous. Just just crazy it's like one of those like workplace accident signs like zero days since last time truck hit subway tracks and that was ro just thought of something presented by your ad here (laughs) if you'd like to sponsor ro just thought of something feel free to give us an email i need a spot you do you do you do you do figure that out well on that note we are gonna let abby go uh abby again appreciate your time today it was really fun catching up with you uh great conversation i hope everybody else enjoyed watching and listening to that as well abby you can watch this episode stream live 
tomorrow friday sorry i don't want to give away when we recorded this <laughs> friday morning on twitch twitch.tv slash go columbia lions your face will be on there you can also go on uh youtube after the fact and watch the episode on youtube as well and all other all of our other podcast channels so on that note mike throw us to yeah, break because break. i forgot who we're talking to next we're talking to eddie turner from men's basketball he's a sophomore from seattle so stick around We all know what comes with being a fan, the ups, the downs, and everything in between. Share a Coke with a friend. Coca-Cola, the official beverage of the Columbia Lions. At Athletic Brewing Company, we've built America's first craft non-alcoholic brewery. We've created a lineup of award-winning non-alcoholic beers. Our beers are made with organic grains and start at only 50 calories. Athletic beers are perfect for anyone who loves being healthy and active, but also loves to enjoy great tasting beer with friends. To give us a try, go to athleticbrewingcompany.com and use code ATHLETIC20 for 20% off your first order. We're back with part two of our Inside Columbia Basketball podcast. Uh, we're now joined by Eddie Turner, sophomore uh, from Seattle. Eddie, thanks so much for coming on with us today. Uh, thank you guys for inviting me. I'm excited to be here. So are you still in Seattle or are you uh, back in New York? Where are you right now? Uh, yeah, I'm still in Seattle right now. Okay, what's but, that been? Oh, go ahead. I'm still in Seattle right now. Um, things are starting to open back up a little bit. So I guess it's the best place for me to be right now as yeah. far as training and as far as um, school. And, you I mean, you've been there since the beginning. Seattle was hit really hard from the beginning. What was it like going back after everything, you know, you know the Ivy League tournaments were canceled and spring sports and all that? Yeah, we were actually hit first before everyone else pretty much so I was kind of worried about coming back um but you know my family's here my mom's here and so I wanted to come back and be there with them but um a lot of fear going on a lot of you know don't walk next to me you know a lot of people not going to the grocery stores like grocery stores not having toilet paper you know everyone's grabbing six gallons of milk or you know 18 rolls of toilet paper you know more than what they need and so um when you would actually go to the grocery store there actually wouldn't be anything on the shelves, but a lot of people in line. So, so it was pretty fear-based from the beginning. Yeah. I feel like we experienced that in the Northeast some as well. I, I, I feel like I have been going to the grocery store lately and I feel like just lately it's been like where I can go to the grocery store and everything's actually there. Whereas for like the first six, seven, eight months, it was like, it was like, there would be stuff there, but there would also be like sections of things like whether it was paper towels, whether it was cleaning supplies, whether it was toilet paper, like it was just like you, something would be missing, right? Because of the, everybody was going crazy for it. Milk, bread. Yeah, it's pretty crazy yeah. because when I was on campus, um, right before I came back, I actually went um, to a store, maybe a block or two away and tried to get as much cleaning supplies and, you know, hand sanitizer was big at the time. So I was actually able to um, get a few bottles before they ran out um, on campus. So 
was pretty interesting. So I guess, you know, let's let's walk us back a little bit to last season and how everything, how you felt everything went. Obviously, you were injured at the start of the season. Uh, were you expecting to miss time early, or, or was that a little bit unexpected for you? Tell us, uh, walk, walk us through your story a little bit of coming back uh, during Ivy League play uh, for those who aren't familiar with it. Oh, yes. Yeah. So for you guys that are not familiar, um, I didn't play the whole non-conference schedule, and I missed half of the Ivy League schedule. Um, coming back, going into my freshman year, I didn't know if I was going to miss games or anything, but I ended up getting um, kind of like an emergency procedure, PRP injections in my patellar tendons to try to bring, bring the pain down to another level so that it's tolerable and so that I can play full games with the team in practice. Um, coming back, it was a little difficult. Um, honestly, I didn't, I didn't expect to play. I didn't expect to um, get in the game because um, I was so brand new. Um, I missed learning the plays. I missed um, defensive practices. I missed a lot of drills that, you know, my teammates were able to do for four or five months before I even stepped on the court, you know? So everything was so brand new. Um, I was kind of shocked. My body was shocked, um, but I had a great time. I was really thankful that um, coach believed in me and he was able to put me on the court. How, what was it like? So when did you initially earn your, sorry, let me go back. When did you initially hurt your knees? Uh, was that back in high school or was that during the preseason of freshman year? Okay, so yeah, so it's pretty funny. Um, I actually injured my knee right after I graduated high school. So I did um, a postgraduate year at St. Thomas More in Connecticut and I was gonna go play there for one season as a postgraduate. And I injured my knee maybe three or four days after I got there and I couldn't play anymore. So I ended up getting surgery in December of 2018. Um, and then I came back too early. Um, I was really excited to play and I wanted to just get better, get stronger and get ready for Columbia. But I came back too early and ended up having to get a second procedure. And so um, I kind of took that one slowly but again, I got excited, um, just a young kid, not not really knowing what I was doing. And um, I was sort of on my own a little bit with the therapy because it was summer, you know, and I was traveling back and forth from Connecticut to Seattle. And so I was kind of going how I felt. But um, a lot of times with surgeries, a lot of time with injuries, the main thing is tomorrow, not really today. So um, yeah. talk about talk yeah. about stepping on the court uh you know in game for the first time you know and it just you know happened to be an ivy league game uh you're during your freshman season like and in, in finally getting on the court you know with that columbia jersey on uh it felt amazing honestly um i was really happy um i was really proud to be a lion um because obviously college isn't college for people like myself isn't always an option unless it's basketball so I'm particularly happy that I'm able to do my college education at Columbia. So um, I was really excited and stepping on the court. Um, it was a long time. So my nerves were a little bad, you know, every, the blood was flowing a lot. And so I was really excited, a little antsy. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, looking back at last season, you know, once we, we once you got the go ahead to play, I don't know if there was much choice because, with Gabe being out last year and, and Mike Smith having so many minutes, I mean, we needed 
another guard in the backcourt. So uh, talk about what you learned from from those two guys as you were getting ready uh, to, to get into those first few games and what you learned from them last season. Yeah, so those guys, those guys are amazing. Um, I'll forever be thankful for them. And going forward, the lessons that they taught me will always stick with me. Um, Mike, Mike was there. He was really um, helping me with my confidence because he went through the same knee injury and he had surgery. And so um, I was lacking confidence in my leg, not in myself, but in my leg and my ability to actually run and cut and actually move around. So I would always talk to him about being worried about that. And, you know, he told me, you know, just believe in your, believe in your leg, believe in the rehab that you did because we have great guys. Um, Simi, he's really helped me. Um, he's great. And I felt good. And, it helped. Um, Gabe, Gabe's a little bit um, more, he's slower European player. And so he plays really under control and he gets to his shots. And so um, Gabe was always talking to me in practice, you know, like slow down here. Like when you're dribbling, you can look that way. And then like that'll tell the defender that you're going to fake pass there and then you'll have an opening. So um, Gabe was trying to teach me mental, mental advantages in the game that I can use that can slow me down and I can get to my spots without running super fast. So I'm really thankful for both of those guys. All right, fast forward to now. Let everybody know. I mean, you said you're home in Seattle. Um, what's, what, what is a day in the life right now of Eddie Turner like at, at, in Seattle with everything going on? <laughs> um, typically during the week, um, I work two jobs right now and I'm training and I'm doing school obviously. So I start class at 6 a.m. Um, architecture classes so my first class is from 6 to 8:50, and then my second class is from 9 10 to 11 30 and so usually um you know i'll get a bite to eat before my first class make a protein shake after the second class and um head out to the gym try to get there about 12 o'clock and then from 12 to 2 12 to 2 i'll train um lift some weights um with our trainer tommy on zoom or virtually take videos so that he can get my technique. And then from two to seven, I'm working in this construction business called Onyx. We build we build foundations for houses, any kind of concrete work, sidewalk, anything like that. And then from eight to about 12 or one, I work at Planet Fitness, um, wow. a gym. And so I'm like the front desk manager at Planet Fitness. Uh, how nice. many days a week is that? Is that Monday through Friday for you or? Yeah, so I do, I do Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So at Planet Fitness? Yeah. Okay. And then and you work this what about the Onyx? Onyx, I do about four days a week. Okay. So it's, it just depends because um the construction business is really based on like when the concrete pour is. So the days that we do the concrete is not every day. It's about three times a week, sometimes not even at all in one week. What so have you learned? Sometimes. What have you learned about concrete in that job? What if I've learned about concrete? Um, I've learned that the most important part is um, the forms. So building like in wood, you build a form to keep to keep the stability in the concrete when it's poured, because it's poured out as a liquid. Yeah. And then when it gets hard, you need your finishers there. And if the forms are not proper and they're not stabilized into the ground with reinforcement, then it'll actually push out and the shape will be off. So the most important part is preparing for the poor so that the least amount of things go wrong. But I've kind of learned that any business, any basketball game, anything in life that something's always going to go not according to the plan. 
So you always have to be ready. You always have to have enough guys, even more guys there to prepare for that factor that things might go wrong. I like the concrete pouring into basketball just now. That was that was a good that was a good uh, time exactly. right there. Yeah, 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 really nicely done. Right, does this have anything to do with uh, what you are thinking about studying? I mean, you haven't declared a major yet because you're a sophomore, but I don't know exactly what you're thinking about studying right now. Maybe you want to tell everybody if you if you do have an idea. Yeah, actually, um, I'm gonna declare architecture. Okay. Well, then yeah, this yeah. is fitting. Yeah. Yeah. It's perfect. About his architecture honestly. class too. So. Um, I hope I hope that I hope that if I if I don't play professional basketball somewhere, I can start my own construction business, just kind of like the one I work in now. Like I really love it. I enjoy it. Nice, nice. Do you have a, you. When did you develop a passion for that? Did you know that before coming to Columbia, or is that something you you recently discovered? Uh, no, actually, what happened was um, for about the last three summers. I've been working for Onyx, but just as an um, inventory manager. So like I would just organize the garages and the different places of the overhead. And I would keep that clean, just like at summer jobs, just to get some summer money. And then with the pandemic, um, I asked them if I can actually work out on the jobs. And so that one day turned into full time and a passion, so. That's great. So now, Mike, now I know if, uh, you know, I go to buy a house one day, not there yet. Maybe, yeah, maybe or you need to build I, a house. if I need to build a house on an empty lot, <laughs> on Eddie. And then after I'm calling up Abby to get some sushi. <laughs> right. We were talking, we were talking to Abby Shu before we brought you on and she's, it has nothing to do with what she wants to do in her career, but she's just working a part-time job right now. And she was talking about working at a sushi restaurant. So. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I always got to bring it back to food. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's just, it's what happens. It's always on my mind. Uh, let, let's go back and talk a little bit about how the team's been getting organized and what they've been up to uh, during all this. I mean, I know there's a weekly Zoom call and things like that, but how are you guys staying connected and trying to stay prepared uh, to, to come back and, and start, start playing together again? Yeah. So um, we're a really close team. Like, really close like all of us are like really good friends you know pretty much inseparable you know as inseparable as you can be from thousands of miles apart <laughs> uh, we, we text in our group chats and individually and FaceTimes like pretty much every day and some of the guys that are on campus right now um, they're they're training together and so um, everyone's sticking around but we honestly think the biggest the biggest difference that's going to be for us next season is how much we like each other, how much we believe in each other, how much we trust each other. And so we really have been building a lot of trust thanks to our coach who's um, been organizing a lot of events for us. Like we did, we did a Christmas play as a team and you know, that really brought us together. Um, just putting ourselves out there and realizing that it's a judgment-free zone, realizing that, you know, we are all friends, you know, we can all be ourselves and we don't have to worry about being embarrassed. And, you know, that's a big deal because when the games come, we'll be able to tell our friends and people that we trust and people that trust us, like, hey, that's wrong, you're doing it wrong or you're doing it right. So um, honestly, we just think that we're gonna get the bigger edge by actually being more of a team and being a unit, you know, thanks to our coaches who are doing a great job. Are you planning on coming back to New York at all during the semester or are you, you're pretty much staying where you are? Uh, yeah, so I'm pretty much I'm pretty much thinking about staying here and I'm um, just keeping everyone in the United States and myself, and my family safe. Um, I don't think it would be really wise 
to bring myself out. Obviously, I'm working out in construction, so I'm around a lot of different people all the time. And so I wouldn't want to bring that to campus where, um, you know, people are quarantined there, people are doing their best to stay on campus and in, in sort of a bubble so that they don't have to quarantine. And so I'd want to keep all those guys safe and then come back when it's clear for me to stay and for me to be a part of the community. When all you guys were home for a long time, I know there's three guys on the team that are from the West Coast. You, Joseph Smoyer from Oregon, and uh, Maka from, from Las Vegas. Yep. So do you guys wind up communicating with each other more often because you're all in the same time zone and you guys are up three hours later than everybody else? Or I think like when we, when we were um, on campus, um, like especially like me and Joe, me and Big Joe, because we're both from the Northwest. Yeah. So yeah. how far is Portland? I mean, you're in Seattle. He's Portland, in, it's, it's, a, it's a ways. Mm, two and a half, three hours. Oh, okay. Not as far as I thought. Not as far as I thought. Okay. So like every basketball tournament locally, you know, like his team would be up in Seattle or my team would be up in Portland. And so, you know, we were really familiar with both areas. And so I would always like drive by something. And then like, I was like, Joe, like you, you remember this or something? And he'd be like, remember that. And so that's really good. Did you know Joe at all before college from your travel basketball? I mean, he's a little older than you, so I don't know, but. Well, I've, I've seen Joe a few times, but you know, when he was like in high school, I was a youngster. So, yeah. So I, I was kind of looking up to guys like him, you know, playing on the big stage at 8 p.m. in the AAU tournaments because my games were at 3 p.m. or 12. So, you know, I was a lot of, a lot of watching, you know, him on the big stage. Did you, so, but you knew who he was uh, before yeah. he got to Columbia? Yeah. That's pretty cool. I mean, probably, I mean, did, had, kind of explain that a little bit more. Like, was it just because he was, you know, on a certain team or because he's like a gigantic person, six foot 11, you know? Well, what ends up happening is um, in, in the greater Seattle area is um, you grow up, you know, playing for an organization and then you look up and you want to be like the guys that are the seniors that are playing at the highest level. Cause you always hear like, these guys are going to this college. These guys are putting up this number, you know? And you usually end up seeing them in high school basketball where all the fans are, where everyone's traveling to go see them. And so when you see that person, you know, you travel to the same tournaments for them because you're in the same organization. And so then you see the players that they're playing against and then they happen to be really good. And then Joseph's really good. I really enjoy his game. And he happened to be playing against Seattle Rotary, which is a big organization in Seattle, a few times. And so I seen him play. And so I was always like, that's the, that's that guy, you know, <laughs> because I was, I was really young. And so when you're eighth grade, ninth grade, you're always looking up to the guys that are in 11th grade, 12th grade. Yeah. Speaking of one more thing on your high school days, did you play, you played for Brandon Roy, right? I did. Yeah. So what was that experience like? I, I did play for Brandon Roy my senior year. Um, but my freshman, sophomore, junior year, he was always around Garfield because he went to Garfield. And my junior year, he actually coached at a rival school. And so he was kind of off the radar by then. But then he came back to Garfield to be the head coach my senior year. And it was complete culture shock. Um, Brandon Roy, he played in the NBA. He was pretty good. And so he basically brought the Portland Trailblazers style to high school basketball, to Garfield. And so he, he would give us a lot of freedom. And we do a lot of practice drills. And he would basically focus on player development the entire season, player development, player development. 
because he, he truly believed that the players won the games and not the plays. And so he would give us the plays to run, but they were all based around our individual skill sets. And so every day in practice, he would, he would cater to our skill sets and he would cultivate us and cultivate us so that after three months, four months, um, he really instilled trust in ourselves and he instilled trust in our teammates. And so, um, honestly, that's probably the most confident I've ever been playing under a basketball coach because you realize how much your teammates believe in you. You realize how much your coach believes in you and how much freedom you have to actually be the best version of yourself. So it was really great. Can you elaborate on how that experience kind of you feel like turned you into such a better college player ever prepared you for college? Uh, yes, that's that experience really prepared me for college because Honestly, you know, you, you go into a new environment, you know, you have seniors on the team, you have juniors on the team, guys that have been there, guys that have created the culture, guys that have upholded the standards. And so when things aren't going your way or when you're not playing as much as you want as a freshman or if coach chooses you out as a freshman so that you can be on the same page as the other guys, you, you have to have a backbone. You have to have some sort of confidence in yourself to actually withhold that storm, to actually say like, I'm gonna go through this, I'm not gonna shut down. And so having that confidence instilled in me as a basketball player um, allowed me to get through tough times in practice or tough times with my injury or coming in and playing two minutes at the end of the game or stuff like that. Um, the confidence really allowed me to be humble and to understand that it's not a reflection of me, but it's a reflection of what my coach thinks I can be, what my teammates think I can be. And I really embraced it and, and it really helped. Oh, I mean, that half hour just kind of flew by. <laughs> that was great. Yeah, no, Eddie, <laughs> uh, we appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, Thank you, guys. Yeah, I hope everything's, uh, you know, stays well for you out in Seattle. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, really interesting to hear uh, you speak about that, especially, uh, you know, everything you said about Brandon Roy and playing mm -hmm. for him in high school, so... I hope our listeners enjoyed that as much as we just did right now. Yeah, thank you guys. Thank you guys hey, for inviting me. Of course, no problem. Okay, do I just do I just leave? You guys kicking me out now? No, Mike's no, gonna no, sign us off no, real quick. I'm gonna sign, sign us off really quick. Okay. Go ahead. So yeah, we want to thank Eddie for for taking some time today. Uh, hope to talk to you again soon. Uh, we, hopefully, we get back on the court playing soon. Uh, so that'll do it for this episode of Inside Columbia Basketball, presented by Vandewater. Check us out next Friday, 10 a.m. on Twitch. And then we'll be on all major plat podcast platforms uh, after that later in the day. So uh, thanks so much for watching or listening. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Eddie. Thanks, Eddie.